0: Welcome to the Daily Business Hustle podcast. My name is Alexander Vitkin. I'm the creator and founder of the Daily Business Hustle. On this podcast, I share with you my top unbiased business advice, sales advice, and I talk to the world's top experts in their fields related to business. Hey, it's Alex, and I'm here with Timmy once again, and today we're going to talk about trust. We're going to talk about trust because it's super important business, and you'll be able to figure out which employees you can trust which your most valuable assets give them access to your email list or client list and bank accounts and so on you'll be able to hire the right people who in 2 years are not going to scam you steal from you you're going to be able to determine which clients are good to work with which clients are not good to work with in terms of trust so awesome so Timmy what what is some uh what is the most valuable lesson in trust that you've learned in last six months, because I'm sure you've learned many, many in last year, but in the last six months.
1: So yeah, with trust, you usually get indicators, and I think people that are less experienced or less aware of trust and its employment in the business arena um, will kind of overlook it. But you're getting messages subcommunicated to you about trust all the time when you're talking with people, and uh, you need to be aware of that because. Um, they're telling you how, like, trustworthy they are, like what they're going to do in the future, basically. Um, and obviously, you want to be testing your employees and and testing your clients to see if they're able to, you know, make appointments, do what they say they're going to do, and that's mm-hmm. important. But um, it's really like a it's a it's a gut like thing that no matter what you, you can never know maximum trust. Like Ben Franklin said, "There's no such thing as maximum security. Like you'll never know." Um, You'll never know for sure at right at the beginning, but um, it's usually a gut level thing. That's that's what uh, my experience has been. Um,
0: what, the story that I like to tell sometimes is the story of what I heard uh, bank managers and people hiring at banks and owners, what they say is, we don't hire people who are not trustworthy. Like, if a person may not be trustworthy, it doesn't matter how talented they are. It doesn't matter how awesome they are and so on. We're not going to work with them because... If just one time they break the trust in a bank, the bank can go out of business. You know, bank can lose billions of dollars potentially. So um, that's that's actually a very powerful lesson. And what what I found is I do like little tests with people when I start working with them. I just, uh, for example, um, let them tell me how many hours they've worked. But I, I know how many hours something takes to do usually because I've worked with so many people. And I just see if they try to charge me... little bit extra some people just immediately try charging you like 10 times more like oh i worked 10 hours on this writing one email he's like yeah it was really hard i'm like oh cool well that person is gonna like i'm like okay well here's the money have fun and he's like well do you have any more work for me i'm like nope (laughs) and then uh, he thinks he won or something because he got paid 10 hours instead of one hour for that work but uh it's like you know it's not that much money first of all and second of all um, the person who's going to get hired after him is going to get paid hundreds of hours. So who who has won here? <laughs> I won because yeah. I spent 10 hours um, of paid work, you know, uh, of money, basically, you could say, uh, figuring out that someone's not trustworthy, so I don't have to deal with them ever again. It's a good little test, it's cheaper than uh, hiring them for three months and then later finding out your email list has been stolen or something like that, right? So yeah. Um, so I like the little tests early on and I'm very sensitive to like trust shit. So if someone has or shows any indication of doing weird stuff, and I mean any indication, I'm a little bit too paranoid even, but I think it's a healthy level of paranoia. But if someone ever shows that, I just, uh, maybe I test them again or maybe I just to confirm or I confront them, which I'm like, I have zero fear of confrontation, which you should have as a business (laughs) owner, by the way, if you want to be in business, Forget the fear of confrontation. You're going to confront people all the fucking time. And if you don't, people don't respect you. They just treat you like a, a dirty rag that they found on the bottom of the toilet. So don't be treated like a dirty rag, you know? Be, uh... That's... What?
1: <laughs> That's funny. That's funny, actually. Uh, I, I definitely had a fear of confrontation a while ago. So that was a big a big hurdle. But, um... I think it's it's really important, but actually, for generating trust, also uh, is when you confront people on their bullshit and you call them out on it. And actually, paradoxically, they all trust you more when you do that. Has that been your uh, experience?
0: Um, yes. Yeah. So with the respect that comes from uh, just being real with people and telling them when they did a yeah. good job or bad job, or uh, you know, just saying why are you like charging me too much. Uh, for example, if you do that, then they'll be like, okay, well, I know how this guy's brain works, so they're not going to be, like, uh, afraid around you or anything like that, because I've definitely had a lot of situations where I was overbearing and all that kind of stuff, and being overbearing is not necessary if you establish the trust and, like, the respect from the beginning of a relationship, so it's like a foundation of respect, and if you don't, uh, you know, if I fuck up or they fuck up, uh, it's still possible to fix, but uh, sometimes not worth fixing because it's not hard to get a new person to work with. Being employer or employee it doesn't really matter. And it's not easy. It's not hard to getting a job, actually, if you're not retarded. And <laughs> imagine this being on, on mainstream news. And um, it's not that hard to find employees either. You know, there's demand for both. And. Uh, and you know that's awesome so we should be very picky with who we work being employer employee and same like if you're an employee or a freelancer or something like that like for christ's sake if if a person you're working with doesn't pay you on time you know do tell them (laughs) it's normal to pay on time you know some people disagree but i don't work with any any like non-payment issues i just don't like it's automatic no no deal for me whatever it is no matter who it is what it is no payment fuck off because i don't want to spend my life figuring that stuff out right
1: similar yeah. similarly yeah.
0: if someone doesn't show up or something like that at work or like makes the same mistake over and over it's it's like what what are you talking about like how is this even possible
1: yeah i don't i don't tell it that at all also but there's some people that do and i'm like hmm, that's not good um one of my colleagues allows his um, client to to late pay pretty much every month, um, and I was just thinking about that the other day, and I'm like, that's no good. Cause, I mean, obvious, it's just obvious. Like, it's it's no good. Like, you're just you're just teaching him that he can get three to four weeks of free work in advance every time. Like, what, what? Why would you do that? Like, there's no there's no room for that. There's no need for that. Yeah the funny the funny thing about
0: what you just said by the way is uh if you want to people to get, have to pay you on time I found that every time um it's like karma I believe in like o- almost like it's almost like karma basically for me so when I don't pay stuff on time which is extremely rare and it's just forgotten and I just forget something because it wasn't set up as automatic payment or something like that then I find that suddenly uh, it comes back to me. Like someone else doesn't pay me on time. It's like really noticeable. Uh, It's just like maybe like uh, your self-worth goes down and you forget stuff. You know, I guess that's what could be happening. And if you get into like a negative spiral with that stuff, if you keep making mistakes um, of that nature of not paying people on time, just trying to fuck people over in little annoying little ways – And people can pick up on that, that you're that kind of person and they'll treat you quite badly. That's why I also like, uh, you know, let's say certain parts of the world where people like being on time and like uh, paying on time and like just doing business in a certain way. That's where I like doing business as well. Because it's just a more straightforward kind of culture. Although I understand the other cultures in terms of how to deal with People like from Spain who are late at meetings and stuff. like that. I understand how to deal with that. I Understand how to expect it and it, all that kind of stuff. But I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to spend my time on that. Yeah. Same as employees who are late or whatever payments that are late. It's it's those three things: employees late, payments late, and people are late for stuff or not not straightforward about it. It's just like a big waste of time in business. Yeah, eventually, um, you know, with internet now, but also what's what's going to come. Uh, with a lot of automation and easy, like how easy it is to pay and all that kind of stuff, I think business is gonna be more streamlined and people who are not streamlining their stuff, like their time, their relationships and so on in business, they're gonna lose out, right? So you won't be able to compete with big companies as easily if you don't have shit stream- streamlined. That That's my mm. kind of opinion of where things are going because that's where it always has gone. It's all like, find me a company that still does everything on paper, And it's super old-fashioned and so on. And I'll tell you which company is not going to exist anymore in a few years.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like, this isn't exactly trust, but it's, it's on the topic. Like, over the past six months in determining how my time effectively, it's like, blows me away still how many inefficiencies there are to correct. And... For me to be constantly managing that that system of time, where am I wasting my time? Like, it's crazy how to think, like, aware of streamlining their time and their day, their personal life, their relationships, or their business. Like, how inefficient they actually are. It, it blows my mind. Um, it's crazy. Just and you know, I'm thinking of people in jobs or people that commute and and Going to the grocery store and um, and just being in a. Uh, my friend works at um I, I, he one of the, uh, Vegas Fortune 500 companies, and he works in a cube next to all these other people. Like he's a genius at his at his work, uh, but like, I can't imagine just being there for eight hours. He's always getting like bullshit, thrown at him from employees and. I just I don't understand how that like he, he's not able to work most efficiently like, and so there's just there's so much that that people can be doing to make them uh, more efficient in their day.
0: Right. So, w- what are your experiences with uh, dealing with clients? Because I'm sure I'm sure you've had like uh, late payments or no payments, and maybe even refund requests. Oh dear, you know the 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 big scary monster, the uh, PayPal cases, right? So how do you avoid that?
1: Yeah, I avoid it by, um, like we were talking about earlier, confronting people, um, confronting prospects on sales calls and saying, well, you know, it's very easy to tell when people have too high expectations for the product or service that you're, you're offering you're, or you're going to offer them. And so, it's really about like expectation management um, and being insanely clear about what the the process is and exactly what you're gonna deliver so that there are no confusions later. Um, And if you do that, then you're fine. Um, And if you deliver what you say you're gonna do, then it's fine. Um, But to, yeah, so that's to avoid them. But sometimes, you know, you you, you can't, cross every T, and so it does happen. And then you can just revisit your agreement, and you say, "Well, look, um, uh, that book. Uh, what is that book? Conversations. Uh,
0: Crucial Conversations.
1: Yeah, that that one's really good. You recommended that to me. Uh, it just it just explains that, like, and I execute this all the time. Whenever there's a, a disagreement or something, it's not about like the two people having the disagreement and throwing blame." Uh, it's really about finding a solution. It's like, okay, whatever, like that happened. Now, what is happening right now? What is the solution? What do we need to do? And people really appreciate that because most people don't understand that. And most people, uh, because they just like watch the news and stuff, they're like, they just think that uh, every confrontation is like a problem between two people and not like a problem that just is solvable uh, and has a solution. And when you come at it with a level head, um, and perhaps wait 24 hours to, to speak to them um, if it's a big enough thing. It's just way easier because then you can just focus on the solution. Then they appreciate that, and they're more likely to just even pay and just like be calm and just be okay, and, and always do that conversation on the phone okay? because anything you can say, even slightly via text, is, can be very abrasive if you're not aware of that. Um, yeah. and that's had really good success for me.
0: Yeah, the whole waiting for 24 hours before uh, talking to people in terms of difficult conversations is huge because uh, people tend to overreact. And you lose a lot of credibility and all that kind of stuff. You can lose awesome employees. I don't think that ever happened to me. Maybe it has. I mean, probably it has. No one can say that never happened. So, yeah, that that's a very valuable lesson. Um, Let's see. What else can we discuss in terms of trust? So how can you avoid... Hmm, how can you avoid clients that are not trustworthy? So I guess there's keywords to look for, you know, with email conversations or what people say on the phone. What are some things people say that immediately throw me off or get me to investigate? So they maybe a client would talk badly about a previous supplier, right? The guy's like, well, this son of a bitch, uh, he didn't pro, like he uh, charged me up front and then wouldn't give me a refund when he didn't get results. I'm like, oh, cool. Was that in your contract? Well, no, but you would expect someone to refund stuff if, if they don't get results, right? Well, w- which results? Well, well, uh, my company needs to grow, so it needs to have 10% increased uh, revenue in my company uh, from these uh, from this project that we're doing with the supplier. Oh, is that what you determined during your briefing? No, what we determined in briefing was that they do ads for us. Okay, so you haven't agreed on refunds and you haven't agreed on what they're gonna deliver apart from ads, and then you're wondering why you can't get a refund for not getting sales. And how long have you waited? Well, about ten days. Okay, and how much did you spend on ads? Fifteen dollars. What did the freelancer recommend that you spend on ads? Uh, One hundred and fifty dollars a day, instead of fifteen. Okay, so you didn't follow his advice, you didn't set up a correct contract, and you're looking to do a refund. So why should I work with you if this is how you work with people? Like you're scaring me here, Mm -hmm. like this is like a nightmare scenario for anyone who knows what they're doing. And probably maybe that guy even knew what he was doing, but we'll never find out because you quit after 10 days, didn't invest the money that you were supposed to, and you probably broke the relationship by trying to get a refund. So why should I trust you now to work with you even though this is how you treat people in general. Like, I can go and choose anyone in the whole world to work with. And I mean anyone. I can figure out how to get to them, talk to them, and maybe they'll buy from me. Maybe they won't. Maybe I'll need to go to someone else. But why should I talk to you right now? We've spent seven minutes on a call. What? Why should I continue talking to you? And, yeah. that, you know, that, that, uh, that's the kind of conversations that I, I have zero problems having, these type of conversations all day long, yeah. basically, if I need to.
1: Yeah, me too. It's uh, it's really about. I think it comes down to self-worth. Like, if 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 you don't value your fucking time, and what you're doing, and knowing the impact that you're having, you, then you'll just talk to people, and you'll 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 tolerate people's bullshit. And I think that's something that me and you don't do. Um, people that aren't understanding how how trust works and how important it is. Then they're tolerating people's bullshit. They're maybe desperate for the sale. They didn't say, "Well, maybe I can just sell him," and maybe he maybe he will be trustworthy. Um, but that's looking at it through the long the wrong lens, I think. Um, and yeah, I mean, when you value every minute of your fucking day, then it's totally different conversation. And you, you are gonna um, confront people on their bullshit and and screen them for trust see if they have trust like we're always talking about in sales like um, what we need to do to qualify people and see if they're a proper buyer for us and uh, we need to generate trust and see if they need what we have and generate urgency but I think we all often miss the the reverse Um, we have trust in them I I think that's not talked about enough
0: yeah Um, what I believe is most people if they've shown ability to break trust like in a big way like stealing or like scamming or like trying to get refunds when it's completely not okay i feel like it's almost impossible for them to change usually and for you as a business owner it's risky to associate yourself with those types of people and uh you could even say that big companies have the same opinion because you try just try stealing from google try like doing something with google ads their number one source of income as far as I know. Maybe I'm wrong at this point, but it used to be at least, or maybe it probably still is. So try try just, like, stealing a little bit from Google Ads. Like, don't pay a bill somehow or charge back some money or, like, send people to the wrong uh, link that's not allowed via Google. And then you're going to get banned from Google Ads, and then just try getting it back. They're not going to even... A lot of times, they don't even want to talk to you anymore. I know this because nine years ago, I got banned from Google ads for, um, like, sending people to an affiliate link or something like that. That's a minor thing. And I called them now. Uh, I called them, like, two years ago. That's seven years after the fact. And they're like, nope, fuck off. We don't want to talk to you anymore. So that's nine That's nine years already of seven to nine years that they would, won't ever change their minds, probably. If that makes any sense. Jeez. So, and, and and you'll find a lot of like, try going to a bank after you, uh you know, owe them money, don't pay it back. Try going to a bank. They'll look at your credit rating, they look at their documents, they're like, okay, well, we don't want to do business with you. Because I guess they, what they must have figured out is once a person has shown that they're not trustworthy in that way, they don't want to give a second chance. Uh, in that way, uh, being a criminal is actually in some ways less in some small ways, less bad than being um, someone who's tried to scam Google. Because Google will never forgive you. Society may forgive you, but Google <laughs> will never forgive you. Isn't that interesting? So I guess you can learn some lessons with that. I guess you can agree, disagree, but this is, you know, this is facts to the best of my knowledge and experience. And yeah, that, that's uh, interesting lessons basically right there from uh, really big companies that we may want to learn from.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, no, nah, I I hear what you're saying. Um, yeah, as a as a business owner, you need to have a different mind than as a civilian. So what what is you, a civilian you, right? mind
0: like? Oh, forgive people, and people can always well, you know Jesus will Well, I'm Jesus saying as like a human forgive. being,
1: yeah. <laughs> as a human being, you can. And I think people make this mistake all the time, and they they mix these two things like i think when you when you have your business hat on like you need to have your fucking business hat on you need to be ruthless like people don't understand that on sales calls on communications with people like when you're doing business like your prime objective is to grow your business to generate revenue to have a profit and to maximize that profit and like if you're doing a business thing in your day like that's your goal like don't mix the, the, like your civilian life with that um it's not easy to do that uh, i don't think you should and then the reason is cuz like this is one example um like, yeah you can believe that people can change and um you can believe that uh there are programs for felons to make them better sure but, but should do you want you, do you want to you risk them? your no.
0: business i mean maybe, maybe like we're not i'm no, not no. we're not saying here don't hire people who maybe have done something bad in the past i'm just saying when you do, uh, how much are you willing to risk here? That, that's, that's all I'm saying. And I, I'm not like, I, yeah. don't, I don't mean like don't hire people who went to prison. I just mean if you like give someone a little test project and they try to fuck you over, how much are you willing to trust them that they're not going to do it again? Because in three months, you're yeah. going to have, or in three years, you're going to have much more responsibility and they repeat the same thing. It's going to cost you half a million dollars. So are you willing to risk that? That's the question that I would be asking and same with any client any employee and you know relationships in your personal life if you really want to go there uh and so on (laughs) i don't i don't want to go there do you want to go there no we don't we're not gonna go there so (laughs) so any other final closing thoughts timmy apart from that
1: um no just understand that how trust is played uh in the in the arena here and um and, and just confront people with with their bullshit and try and be as authentic as possible. And it'll really pay off. Yeah, what I like to look
0: at, uh, the way I like to look at it is trust is basically money. It's basically the real currency is trust. Because if we didn't have money tomorrow... I don't know why someone's calling me right now. I wasn't expecting a call. Mm-hmm. I don't take calls, by the way, any time unless I'm expecting them, no matter who it is. Yeah. So... Cool. Um, what the fuck? See, it's so distracting. So basically, what was the last thing I said?
1: You're saying how a really important point that how trust is Yes, money. it's a
0: currency because money. it is currency. Like the piece of paper means nothing. If uh, enough people say this piece of paper here is worth something, you know, then it's worth something. Otherwise, it isn't. That's, that's how money right. works. So as such, yeah. if you're fucking with trust in business in any capacity, you're fucking with money. And <laughs> if you're fucking with money, you're not going to get any money. That's that's generally how it tends to work. Of course, people are going to hear this or see this and they're going to say, but there's this one guy who stole money one time. Well, okay, congratulations. But on average, you have to uh, have and maintain trust in everyone, any business owner who's made enough money, right? Like uh, my mentor who joins calls sometimes uh, once per month in daily business hustle, he says, well, maybe something may have happened in this company. We're not going to go into details here, right? So he learned that lesson um, probably more than a few times, right? So And any business owner like that will always have a story about trust, about former employee, whatever, you know? And it's, very, it's a very valuable lesson that everyone should learn and implement for themselves and for anyone they work with. All right, this was our show for today. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast if you like it. I'll see you next time.